0: Chapter fifteen of the Young Diana. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Young Diana by Marie Corelli. Chapter fifteen. That evening, Diana for the first time saw Demetrius in a somewhat irritable mood. He was sharp and peremptory of speech and impatient in manner where have you been all afternoon he demanded at dinner fixing his eyes upon her with a piercing intensity with professor chauvet she answered i wanted to see a famous assyrian jewel he has it is called the eye of rajuna demetrius shrugged his shoulders are you interested in that kind of thing he queried with a touch of disdain a stolen gem and therefore an unlucky one looted by a french officer from the forehead of a mutilated statue somewhere in the east it's not a thing i should care to have nor i agreed diana amicably but it's worth seeing the professor is a great authority on precious stones said madame demetrius you know feodor you have always credited him with very exceptional knowledge on the subject of course he replied but i was not aware that miss may had any hankerings after jewels diana laughed she was amused to see him more or less in a kind of suppressed temper <laughs> i haven't she declared gaily it would be no use if i had jewels are and always have been beyond my reach but i like to know positively from the professor that they are living things feeling heat and cold just as we do and that some of them shrink from diseased persons and lose their lustre and are brilliant and happy with healthy ones it is very fascinating the professor is not remarked demetrius ironically she raised her eyes smilingly no he's a very worthy man put in madame demetrius gently and very distinguished in his way He is certainly not handsome no men are nowadays said Demetrius. the greed of money has written itself all over human physiognomy beauty is at a discount there were never so many downright ugly human beings as there are to-day the mark of the beast is on every forehead i don't see it anywhere on yours said diana sweetly a reluctant half smile brightened his features for a moment then he gave a disdainful gesture i dare say it's there all the same he replied shortly or it may be branded too deeply for you to see he paused and with an abrupt change of tone said mother can you be ready to go to davos this week she looked up placidly smiling certainly i shall be very glad to go diana will like it too i'm sure good then we'll start the day after to-morrow i have engaged rooms there are one or two things i must settle before leaving not very important here he rose from the table dinner being concluded and addressed diana i want you for a few moments he said rather peremptorily join me please in the laboratory he left the room his mother and diana looked at one another in smiling perplexity diana laughed he's cross she declared Cher Madame." he's cross it's a positive miracle the cool scientist and calm philosopher is in a bit of a temper madame dimitrius gave a rather regretful and unwilling assent truth to tell the gentle old lady was more bewildered than satisfied with certain things that were happening and which perplexed and puzzled her as for example when diana took her arm and affectionately escorted her from the dining-room to the drawing-room she could not refrain from wondering at the singular grace and elegance of the once plain and angular woman she might almost be another person so different was she to the one who had arrived at the chateau fragonard in answer to her son's advertisement but she had promised to say nothing and she kept her word though she thought none the less of the flaming sword and the terrific problem her son had apparently determined to solve meanwhile diana having settled her cosily by the fire with her knitting ran quickly off to obey the command of demetrius she had never been asked to go near the laboratory since her first visit there and she hardly knew how to find the corridor leading to it she looked for the negro vasho but though he had waited upon them at dinner he was now nowhere to be seen so trusting to memory and chance she groped her way down a long passage so dark that she had to feel the walls on both sides to steady her steps as she went and she was beginning to think she had taken an entirely wrong direction when a dull coppery glitter struck a shaft of light through the gloom and she knew she was near her goal a few more cautious steps and she stood opposite the great door which glowed mysteriously red and golden as though secret fire were mixing living flame with its metal it was shut how could she open it or make her presence outside it known recollecting that vasho had merely laid his hand upon it she presently ventured to do the same and soon had the rather terrifying satisfaction of seeing the huge portal swing upwards yawningly disclosing the interior of the vast dome and the monstrous wheel but what a different scene was now presented to her eyes when first she had entered this mysterious laboratory it had been in broad daylight and the sun had poured its full glory through the overarching roof of crystal but now it was night and instead of sunshine there was a cloud of fire or rather it might be described as a luminous mist of the deep rich hue of a damask rose through this vaporous veil could be seen the revolving wheel which now had the appearance of a rainbow circle every inch of space was full of the radiant rose haze and it was so dazzling and confusing to the sight that for a moment diana could not move with a vague sense of terror she dimly felt that the door had closed behind her but studying her nerves she waited confident that demetrius would soon appear and she was right he stepped suddenly out of the rosy mist with a casual air as if there were nothing unusual in the surroundings well he said courageous as ever is there anything to be afraid of she asked to me it looks wonderful beautiful yes it is the essence of all wonder and all beauty he answered it is a form of condensed light the condensation which when imprisoned by natural forces within a mine under certain conditions gives you rubies diamonds and other precious stones and in the water beneath which you cannot see just now owing to the vapour there is sufficient radium to make me ten times a millionaire and you will not part with any of it i do part with some of it when i find it useful to do so he said but very seldom i am gradually testing its real properties the scientists will perhaps be five hundred years at work discussing and questioning what i may prove in a single day but i do not wish to enter upon these matters with you you are my subject as you know and i want to prepare you the time has come when you must be ready for anything i am she interrupted quickly you respond eagerly and he fixed his eyes upon her with a strange piercing look but that is because you are strong and defiant of fate you are beginning to experience that saving vanity which deems itself indestructible she made no answer she lifted her eyes to the highest point of the slowly turning wheel and its opaline flare falling through the rose-mist gave her face an unearthly lustre we are going to davos platz he continued because it will not do to remain here through the winter i want the finest cleanest air rarefied and purified by the constant presence of ice and snow to aid me in my experiment moreover certain changes in you will soon become too apparent to escape notice and people will talk already baroness roussillon is beginning to ask questions about me asked diana amused about you tell me have you looked in your mirror lately only just to do my hair she answered i avoid looking at my own face as much as possible why she hesitated well i don't want to be deluded into imagining myself good-looking when i'm not he smiled resolute woman now listen from this day forward i shall give you one measure of what you call my golden fire every fortnight you have experienced its first effect what future effects it may have i cannot tell you but as a subject of my experiment you must submit to the test if you suffer bodily pain or mental confusion from its action tell me at once and i will do my best to spare you unnecessary suffering you understand she had grown very pale even to the lips but she answered quietly i understand you have never asked me exactly what i did feel the first time i took it i may as well confess now that i thought i was dying you will think so again and yet again he said coolly and you may die that's all i have to say about it she stood immovable bathed as it were in the rosy radiance exhaled by the slow and now almost solemn movement of the great wheel she thought of the kindliness of professor chauvet his plain and unadorned proposal of marriage his simple admission that he had grown fond of her his offer of his name and position united to a house in paris and ten thousand a year and contrasted all this with the deliberate calculating callousness of the man beside her lost to every consideration but the success or failure of his experiment and a passionate resentment began to burn in her soul but she said nothing she had rushed upon her own fate there was no way out of it now he moved away from her to unlock the tiny fairy-like shrine which concealed the slow dropping of the precious liquid mysteriously distilled by the unknown process which apparently involved so much vast mechanism and placing a small file under the delicate tube from which the drops fell at long slow intervals waited till one glittering like a rare jewel was imprisoned within it she watched him with more disdain than fear, and her eyes were brilliant and almost scornful as he raised himself from his stooping position and faced her. The pale blue dress she wore was transformed by the rosy light around her into a rich purple, and as she stood fixedly regarding him, there was something so proud and regal in her aspect that he paused vaguely astonished. What is the matter with you? he asked are you angry who am i that i should be angry she retorted i am only a slave he frowned are you going to play the capricious woman at this late hour and show temper he said impatiently i am in no humour for reproaches you promised loyalty have i broken my promise she demanded no not yet but you look as if you might break it she gave a slight yet expressive gesture of contempt what a poor thing you are as a man after all she exclaimed here in the presence of the vast forces you have bent to your use here with your subject a mere woman entirely at your disposal you doubt you disbelieve in my sworn word which is as strong as all your science perhaps stronger come you look like a conspirator who has extracted poison from some mysterious substance and who is longing to try it on a victim do you want me to take it now he gazed at her with a sudden sense of fear almost her courage overmastered his will there was something austere and angelic in that slight figure with the rosy waves of vapour playing about it and turning its azure draperies to royal purple and for the first time he wondered whether there was not something deliberately brutal in his treatment of her rallying his self-possession he answered when we are outside this place you can take it if you will why not inside she asked here where the vapours of your witch's cauldron simmer and steam where i can feel your melting fires pricking every vein and nerve and she stretched out her arms towards the wheel of strange opalescent light which now revolved almost at a snail's pace make short work of me dr demetrius this is the place for it on a sudden impulse he sprang to her side and seized her hand diana you think me a pitiless murderer she looked straight into his eyes no i don't i think you simply a man without any feeling except for yourself and your own aims there are thousands ay millions of your sex like you you are not extraordinary if i succeed you will have cause to thank me possibly she answered with a slight smile but you know gratitude sometimes takes curious and unexpected forms one of the commonest is hatred of the person who has done you a kindness come give me that fire drop it is restless in its prison we are fighting a strange duel you and i you are all for self and your own ultimate triumph i am selfless having nothing to lose or to win nothing he repeated foolish woman you cannot foresee you cannot project yourself into the future suppose i gave you youth suppose with youth i gave you beauty would you then call me selfish why yes of course she answered composedly you would not give such gifts to me because you had any desire to make me happy nor would you give them if you could secure them for yourself without endangering your life if you succeed in your attempts they would fall to my lot naturally as part of your experiment and would prove your triumph but as far as my personality is concerned you would not care what became of me though with youth and beauty i might turn the tables on you <laughs> she laughed then said again give me my dose i told you before that it would be better to take it when we go outside the laboratory he answered suppose you became insensible i could not leave you here why not she demanded recklessly it would not matter to you please give it to me whether i live or die i like doing things quickly with a certain sense of mingled compassion admiration and reluctance he handed her the file she looked with intent interest at the shining drop pent within which glowed like a fine topaz now fiery orange now red now pale amber and moved up and down as rapidly and restlessly as quicksilver how pretty it is she said if it would only condense and harden into a gem one would like to wear it in a ring it would outshine all professor chauvet's jewels well doctor Demetrius, good-night if i fall into your dark pool don't trouble to fish me out but if not don't leave me here till morning and smiling she put the phial to her lips and swallowed its contents Demetrius stood silently watching would she swoon as she almost did the last time or would she be convulsed no she remained erect unswerving but as if by some automatic movement she lifted her arms slowly and clasped her hands above her head in an attitude of prayer her eyes closed her breathing was scarcely perceptible and so she remained as though frozen into stone moved beyond his usual calm by wonderment at this unexpected transformation of a living woman into a statue he called her but she gave no answer and then another remarkable thing happened an aureole of white light began to form round her figure beginning from the head and falling in brilliant rays to the feet her dress seemed a woven tissue of marvellous colours such as one finds painted for the robes of saints in antique missiles and her features outlined against the roseate mist that filled the laboratory were pure and almost transparent as alabaster thrilled with excitement he could not speak he dared not move he could only look, look, as though all his forces were concentrated in his eyes. How many minutes passed he could not determine, but he presently saw the light begin to pale. One ray after another disappeared, quite slowly, and as though each one were absorbed, by some mysterious means, into the motionless figure which had seemingly projected them. Then, with equal slowness diana's upraised hands relaxed and her arms dropped to her sides her eyes opened brilliant and inquiring he went to her side diana he said in carefully hushed tones diana why did you wake me she asked plaintively in a voice of melting sweetness why take me away from the garden i had found it was all mine and there were many friends they said they had not seen me for centuries i should have liked to stay with them a little longer he listened in something of alarm had she lost her senses he knew it was possible that the potent force of his mysterious distillation might so attack the centers of the brain as to reverse their normal condition he touched her hand it was warm and soft as velvet still dreaming diana he said as gently as he could will you not come with me now she turned her eyes upon him there was no sign of brain trouble in those clear orbs of vision they were calm mirrors of sweet expression oh it is you she said in more natural tones i really thought i had gone away from you altogether it was a delightful experience he was a trifle vexed he hardly cared to hear that going away from him altogether was a delightful experience she was rapidly recovering from her trance-like condition and swept back her hair from her brows with a relieved yet puzzled gesture so it's all over she said i'm here just the same as ever i was sure i had gone away where he asked oh ever so far she answered i was carried off by people i couldn't see but they were kind and careful and it was quite easy going and then i came to a garden oh such an exquisite place full of the loveliest flowers somebody said it was mine i wish it were you were dreaming he said impatiently there's nothing in dreams the chief point to me is that you have not suffered any pain you have nothing to complain of she thought a minute trying to recall her sensations no she answered truthfully nothing good then i can proceed without fear he said enough for to-night we will go her eyes were fixed on the revolving wheel it goes slowly because the sunshine has gone i suppose she asked and all the light it produces now is from the interior stores it has gathered up in the day he was surprised at the quickness of her perception yes that is so he said then it never stops absolutely dead never she smiled wonderful demetrius you have built up a little mechanical universe of your own and you are the god of it you must be very pleased with yourself i am equally pleased with you he said you surpass all my expectations thanks so much and she curtsied to him playfully may i say good-night will not your mother wonder where we are my mother is too sensible a woman to question my movements he replied come you are sure you feel quite strong and well quite sure she said then paused surprised at the intense way he looked at her have you ever heard these lines he asked suddenly oh she doth teach the torches to burn bright her beauty hangs upon the cheek of night like a rich jewel in an ethiop's ear beauty too rich for youth for earth too dear diana smiled happily of course shakespeare's utterance who else has ever written or could write such lines i'm glad you know them he said musingly they occurred to me just now when he broke off abruptly come he repeated we shall not see this place again for a couple of months perhaps longer and the sooner we get away the better why asked diana surprised why and a curious half-frowning expression darkened his brows you must wait to know why you will not have to wait long he signed to her to keep close behind him and together they moved like phantom figures through the rosy mist that enveloped them till at the touch of his wizard hand the door swung upwards to give them egress and descended again noiselessly as they passed out the corridor previously dark was now dimly lit but it was more a matter of groping than seeing and diana was glad when they reached the pleasantly warm and well illumined hall of the house there he turned and faced her now not a word he said with imperative sharpness not a word of what you have seen or dreamed to my mother say good-night to her and go she lifted her eyes to his in something of wonder and protest but obeyed his gesture and went straight into the drawing-room where madame dimitrius sat as usual quietly knitting i am to bid you good-night she said smiling as she knelt down for a moment by the old lady's chair dear your son is very cross and i'm going to bed madame dimitrius gazed upon her in utter amazement and something of fear the face uplifted to hers was so radiant and fair that for a moment she was speechless and the old hands that held the knitting trembled remembering her son's command in good time she made a strong effort to control herself and forced a smile that's right my dear she said bed is the best place when you're tired i don't think feodor means to be cross oh no agreed diana springing up from her kneeling attitude and kissing madame's pale cheek he doesn't mean to be anything but he is good night dearest lady you are always kind and sweet to me and i'm grateful with those words and an affectionate wave of her hand she went and the moment she had left the room dimitrius entered it his mother rose from her chair and made a gesture with her hands as though she were afraid and sought to repel him he took those nervous wavering hands and held them tenderly in his own what's the matter mother mine he asked playfully you have seen her feodor feodor you are dealing with strange powers perhaps powers of evil oh my son be careful be careful what you do she implored almost tearfully you may not go too far too far too far he echoed lightly there is no too far or farthest where nature and science lead the flaming sword it turns every way to keep the tree of life but i see the blossom under the blade she looked up at his dark strong face in mingled fondness and terror you cannot recreate life feodor she said why not he demanded to-day our surgeons graft new flesh on old and succeed in their design why should not fresh cells of life be formed through nature's own germinating processes to take the place of those that perish it is not an impossible theory i do not waste my time on problems that can never be solved come come mother put your superstitious terrors aside and if you have the faith in god that i have you will realise that there are no powers of evil save man's own uncontrolled passions which he inherits from the brute creation and which it is his business to master no mere brute beast foraging the world for prey can be an astronomer a scientist a thinker or a ruler of the powers of life but a man with self-control reason and a devout faith with humility can for is not the evolvement of his being only a little lower than the angels she sighed half incredulous but beauty she said actual beauty beauty is a thing of health form and atmosphere he answered easy enough to attain with these forces suitably combined and no malign environment now dearest mother puzzle yourself no more over my mysteries you have seen Diana, and you can guess my reason for wishing to get away to Davosplatz as soon as possible. People here will talk and wonder. At Davos, no one has seen her, not as she was when she first arrived here, and no questions are likely to be asked. Besides, the experiment is not half completed, it has only just begun. When will it be finished? His mother asked. He smiled and stooping, kissed her forehead not till the summer solstice he said when light and heat are at their best and strongest then i may reach my goal and win my victory and then and then he echoed smiling ah who knows what then possibly a happier world and yet did not the angel uriel say to the prophet esdras the most high hath made this world for the many but the world to come for the few my secret is a part of the world to come. End of chapter 15